Well, we want to welcome all our campuses in today, all the way from Sydney, across the water to Rotorua, into the city, Whangarei, and also Kaitaia. Welcome. Can I encourage you across campuses to listen carefully because I believe God is going to apprehend some people by His Spirit in a significant way. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here this morning. We know it's not by might nor power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. And Holy Spirit, it's my prayer this morning across our campuses that you will come in a very powerful way that you speak into our hearts, into our lives, a word that will challenge us, would stir us, that would awaken us. But Lord, more than that, you would apprehend us individually by the Spirit of the living God. Lord, in ways that we have never experienced in the history of our Christian life before. Lord, that we might live in the grip of the Holy Spirit. Father, I ask these things in the precious and wonderful name of Jesus. And everyone said? Amen. It was 1957 where four young girl evangelists felt led by God to lock Maddie. And they uh, were told by the ministers, please do not provide any accommodation to help these girls in any way. There was some resistance to them coming. They booked themselves into some poor accommodation. And then they set their hearts to pray. And they prayed for about two weeks for God to move, and they kept praying until they felt that they had attained a revival. Someone preached a message on the rich man and Lazarus, quoting uh, regularly John Bunyan, hear the cries from hell. At that moment, the Spirit of God broke out, and a revival started. At midnight, 30 people came to the venue seeking the Savior. The next morning, the church was crowded as the fear of God swept the community. And the local news said the trade in North Ustitz, where it was, is now ruined. All it needed was four young girls with a passion to see God move. I wonder if we've put revival in the too hard basket, thinking it needs a thousands of people to gather and pray for years or months, and sometimes that's what it does take. But I wonder if we have four people, male or female, in this place, in Church Unlimited, that will pray until they feel they've obtained a move of God. Never underestimate what one person can achieve for God. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the resurrection power. You have Jesus living within you. You can make a significant difference for God in this church and in this nation. Don't look to the people beside you. Don't look to everyone else. You can make a difference. Don't put a move of God into, a, you know, into another realm where in some ways actually excuses me and excuses you. Let's take up the challenge, friends, and see what God will do in our midst. 
I believe that something began in Church Unlimited on Father's Day when I shared about the Holy Spirit. And I felt that the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit, came on Father's Day. And God began something in Church Unlimited, I believe, across campuses. And it was my prayer that the Holy Spirit is going to increase and increase and increase until we are overwhelmed by the presence of God, where miracles flow, mountains are moved, giants are pulled down, and the church is alive with the presence of God. It's been prophesied that New Zealand will be the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. Please listen carefully across campuses. This is the destiny of our nation. This is the call of God upon New Zealand to be the great land of the Holy Spirit where this nation is clothed with a tangible presence of God where it impacts every person in our nation where we start to see people falling on the streets in repentance and the fear of God and giving their lives to Jesus where we see a nation Impacted by God. And seeing all churches across New Zealand packed out. We won't be just celebrating one church that's growing there and another church that's growing there. We're going to be celebrating that every church is full with people who have found Jesus as their Savior. We're going to put to death church growth and we're going to see kingdom growth. We're going to see the percentage of Christian New Zealand go from 4% to 10% to 20%. But I don't know how far your faith goes, but what about 40%? What about 50%? What about 60% or more of New Zealand born again by the Spirit of God? If it is true, which I believe it is, that we're called to be the great Southland of the Holy Spirit, then 60% is easily attainable. Why not 70, 80, 90%? Why not every member of parliament a born-again believer in Jesus Christ? That'll put an end to all these bills that they're trying to pass. You see, friends, I have a dream. I have a dream of a nation turning to God. I see a moral revolution. I see the statistics on suicide, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, domestic abuse, violence, And every other negative statistic dramatically declining. I see a nation under God. I see a revival. I see a move of the Holy Spirit. What do you see? What do you see, my friends, across this nation, across Church Unlimited? May God open your eyes to see the prophetic destiny of this great land of New Zealand. You see... The Holy Spirit's the author of revival. That's That's why he came on Father's Day, the promise of the Father. Came to church unlimited. Acts 2, 4 and 17, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind to fill the whole house where they were sitting. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And it shall come to pass in the last day, says God. This is where we are right now. I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Listen, your sons. How many of you got sons or daughters? Give me a wave. Your sons. Why don't you just say, my sons. My my daughters. daughters. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. 
what? They shall prophesy. They'll be in touch with God. Your young men shall see visions. It's talking about me. Your old men. So rude. Your old men. I won't look at anybody. We'll dream dreams. Do you know this has started to happen in a small measure? For those of you who came out last Sunday night, when our limitless youth shared about the youth camp, person after person had been impacted by the Holy Spirit. Months later, they're still talking about it. Our limitless on Wednesday night has changed as more are coming out. Why? Because the promise of the Father came to our limitless camp. This is only a few months, a month or so ago. And then last week, young adults camp. Had great messages, great preaching, but then on the Saturday night, Pastor Helen was telling me the Spirit of God just enveloped our young adults, friends. They were there for how long did they stay for? Maybe for an hour or more after the message had kind of finished. And the Spirit of God, the promise of the Father, impacted our young adults, friends. Thank you for that one clap. (laughs) And then in recent months, we've seen more people getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. Sam was up in Kaitai. He made a call. 40 people came to the front searching for the promise of the Father. Then we've got impact camp coming up in a week or two's time. Don't think for one minute God's not going to move. He will move. He will pour out His Spirit. If you've got anyone in that age group, do them a, a service and get them to the camp. You can't afford it. We'll pay for it. Get them there. The Holy Spirit is moving, friends. It's just a a trickle. I don't want to overstate it, but something's happening, which is exciting for me. You see, friends, top of God's agenda now is for his church to be revived, to be revived. It's no secret that the Western church is Revelation 3, Laodicean church, it's lukewarm. It's not hot and it's not cold. It is lukewarm. Here's a quote for you if you want a better future. How many of you would like a better future? Then you must disturb the present. So I'm about to disturb the present. So fasten your seatbelts. We're heading into some turbulence. But don't be worried because this pilot knows what he's doing. And we'll get you to the God-ordained destination. I'm sure all want a better future for our own lives, for our families, for our church, for our nation. We want more fire. That means this, we cannot be satisfied with the status quo. We need to be pushed out of our comfort zone. We need to disturb our present walk with God so that we can have a better walk with God and a better church unlimited. And all across the campuses, I trust that you're up for this, and you can run with us as we seek to do this, to see what you've not seen before. You've got to do what you've not done before. We all know, listen carefully, our nation is in a terrible condition. Is that right? We know that. Can I say for a little while, 
Forget about the state of the nation. Our focus needs to be on the state of the church. Because only the church, we can do something about that. And only a revived church, it can revive a nation. You see, a nation, basically, friends, you may not want to hear this, but it's a reflection of the condition of the church. Only an on-fire church can hold back the powers of darkness. Only an on-fire church can stop these terrible laws being passed. But when the church has lost its salt and its flavor and is no longer a light, the enemy has an open door to ravage our nation. So we need the church to be revived. So let's not focus on the nation. Let's focus on the church. That means don't focus on the MPs. Focus on me. Focus on you. Focus on us. Let's get revived and let's change this nation. We can do this. Here's another quote for you. We don't want a church that will move with the world. We want a church that will move the world. You see, friends, We need to get the world out of the church and get the church into the world. Not for the world to influence a church, but the church to influence the world. William Booth said, great general of the Salvation Army, I'm speaking at their conference this Thursday morning, Friday morning. The chief danger that confronts the coming century is our time will be religion without the Holy Ghost which means services where there's no outbreak of the Spirit of God, where there's no healings, there's no miracles. People come and leave the way they came. Then Christianity without Christ, people come to church, never born again. Forgiveness without repentance. Wow. means giving your life to God but not turning away from sinful ways. Then heaven without hell. In other words, yeah, we'll preach heaven, but we're not going to preach hell. That's a great danger. And friends, we're seeing some of this, much of this taking place in the Western church today. Catherine Booth, his wife, was more direct. This is what she said. The popular gospel of this day is the laughing stock of hell. It dare neither damn the sinner nor sanctify the saint. We need to revive the church. Now, I place the responsibility of where the church is at today at my feet, at the feet of leadership. I don't blame any of you. So I'm not getting at you this morning. I'm getting at me. I'm getting at leaders because the people only follow leadership. So God needs to get a hold of leadership all across our nation, including me. The last 50 years, Christianity in New Zealand has declined rapidly. The recent New Zealand census, no religion officially overtakes Christianity in New Zealand. Do you know, 50 years ago, 92% of New Zealanders would say, yeah, I have some kind of Christian affiliation. 92%, 50 years ago. In just a brief period of time, it's now less than 50% have turned away from Christianity and said, I have no religion. Wow. That is an unfortunate 
statistic to have to share this morning. So my question is this to all our campuses and to myself. How long will we let this trend continue? How long, church? How long will we let it continue? Are we going to wait till this Christianity is down to 1%? Because that's the trend. It's very clear. And there's no disturbance of that trend that we can see on the horizon. So how long will I? How long do we let this continue, friends? Just think for a moment about your grandchildren. Do you want them raised in a godless, totally non-Christian nation? Because then their chances of walking with God will be so minimal. It's pretty scary. I told you there's going to be some turbulence this morning. But we'll get there. Isn't it interesting that a generation is rising across the globe, protesting and marching against global warming? 170,000 young people in New Zealand alone marched, I think it was on Friday, demanding with anger. If you watch them, they were really mad that the older generation do something because of their concern for the world in which they will have to grow up. That they're so concerned about it, feel the planet is being destroyed. Yet, this is my point, there is an infinitely greater tragedy taking place in our nation and across the Western world, and that is Christianity is declining in nations. The church is lukewarm. And New Zealand is drifting further and further away from God. There are three disastrous bills before Parliament right now. There's the end-of-life choice bill. There's the abortion bill. There's a legalizing of cannabis. Someone needs to protest. And I will protest. I am protesting this morning on behalf of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. I protest at the state of our nation and the church. And I demand, if I can, that we do something about it. That we rise up in Jesus' name and we draw a line in the sand and we say, Father, no longer will I allow this to continue. I will do what I can to stem the tide in our nation. You say, how can I protest? It's not hard. Pray like you've never prayed before. Set yourself on fire. Because it's going to take a revived church to change our nation. And God's called me to carry this challenge. The weight of this call is placed upon my shoulders. And it's demanding. But I'm willing to carry the weight of this call upon my life. But I have to say, campuses, I can't do this alone. I need each and every one of you that together we can do our part because this is our call as Church Unlimited. It's why God's raised up 
this organization. Not just to grow another church. We don't need to grow another church. We need to revive the church. And we need to grow the kingdom of God in New Zealand. So to help revive the church of New Zealand, the first step is to revive Church Unlimited. And that's my mission now. To revive church unlimited across our campus. That's not saying we're terrible, we're bad, all the rest. And as I said, I put the blame at leadership, not at you. So don't take it personally. They say that the tipping point to see real change is around 9 to 11%. Which means if 10% of church unlimited across campuses can be revived and set on fire, that will transform the entire organization. Here's my question. Will you ask the person next to you, will you be in that 10%? That's a pretty quiet request there. Will you be in that 10%? This is an exciting challenge for me, friends. Because I was born for this. To see the church revived. And to see our nation turn to Jesus. I was born for this. Theologians claim that true revival has three characteristics. Number one, a strong sense of God's presence. That's starting to happen. Number two, a deep desire to be rid of all sin. All sin, friends, it's got to go. And number three, a powerful impact on community. They say in the history of revival, without a single exception, there's always a tremendous confession of sin. Listen to the next quote by Martin Lloyd-Jones. The problem with the world is sin. We'd all agree? Nothing can fix the world without addressing this. The problem with the world is sin. All the violence, the bloodshed, the abuse, alcohol abuse, drug abuse, domestic violence, murder, rape, the whole lot. The problem with the world is sin. Nothing will fix the world without addressing sin. Can I add, dare I? Nothing will fix the church without addressing sin in the church. Someone tried to clap. Are you all right out there? So how's the church revived? Well, God revives the church one person at a time. Let that be me. Let that be you. Don't look to anyone else. Let's take personal responsibility to see church unlimited Revive across our campuses. You see, a revived church is the greatest need of our nation. Forget about everything else, friends. Because we alone can change this nation. The church is the hope of New Zealand. And so the greatest need above everything else that you may aspire to is for a revived church to be salt and light that spills into the community and brings a transformation in our nation. So, all campuses, 
pray this prayer with me. God, revive the church and start with me. Let's say that together. God, revive the church and start with me. Say it again. God, revive the church and start with me. Now tell the person next to you, you can start a revival in the church. Go on, tell the person next to you. You can. You can do it. It's an open door for anyone to take this opportunity to be changed and revived. You know the story in Wales, don't you? When there was a revival, someone was looking for the revival, found this policeman and said, where's the revival? Pointed to his chest. He said, it's in here. It's time for everyone in Church Unlimited to be able to say, the revival is in here. I'm not asking for a revival. I am the revival. I'm not asking for a move of God. I am the move of God. You want to see a revival? Come follow me. Individual responsibility. Personal responsibility. Forget about the rest of the church. You bring a revival. You start a revival. You start a move of God. And watch what God will do. Psalm 42 verse 1, as the deer pants for the water brook, so pants my soul for you. Oh God. You see, the renewed hunger for God is one of the truest signs. The greatest harbingers, they say, that revival is on its way. And I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged. And I'm seeing a greater hunger for God. Emerging in Church Unlimited across our campuses. It's not strong yet, but it started. Do you know this morning there are people fasting for these services? God's doing something, folks. God's doing something. I've not heard that before. So, turbulence. You ready for it? So what does a revived Christian look like? Ask the person next to you, are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Huh? Are you up for this, church? Now, I asked Team Unlimited on Thursday night. They gave me the answers, so if you get angry, blame them. I'm just telling you what they said. All right? Number one, there's a revival in prayer. And a revived Christian will attend at least one prayer meeting a week. Thank you for that great response there. The prayer meeting will be the biggest service in the church. One Sunday, a blacksmith, listen carefully across campuses, please. Asked the pastor for a meeting on Monday. He said, there's going to be a revival. The pastor said, there are absolutely no signs of a revival. The blacksmith begged with the pastor. He said, please, please. So the pastor said, okay, Monday night (laughs) when no one's going to turn up. On top of that, it's a stormy night. But to their utter shock, the room was full of people weeping. And the majority of them came under the conviction of sin the previous Friday afternoon, which was the exact time the blacksmith felt a great burden for prayers for souls, he locked himself in the shop, gave the afternoon to prayer until he won the victory. Listen, listen real carefully. 
God's going to apprehend some people right now. One blacksmith. It took one man. One man. One man. One man. I said one man. It could be a woman. It could be young. It could be old. It doesn't matter. One. One. One who felt this burden. Don't put revival in the too hard basket, friends. God of history tells us that one person can start a move of God. One person can bring a dramatic change. Secondly, what does a revived Christian look like? This is what Team Unlimited told me. They said people are going to arrive on time for church or early. You're getting excited now, aren't you? A few months ago, a month or so ago, 9 o'clock service, before it started, there were about 200 people sitting, waiting for the church to start. That's just a sign of revival, friends. Because people are hungry, you see. The next one is that, and I must admit, I added this one in myself. <laughs> the front rows of the church fill up first. Wow. <laughs> You're getting so excited about this, aren't you? All Christians have a strong devotional life. Yes. It's a revived Christian has a strong devotional life. The engagement and worship will be amazing. People want to just keep singing. Keep, come on, Pastor, give us another song. Let us worship a bit longer. Don't stop us now. We're lost in the presence of God. Not, gosh, do they have to sing another song? Not that anyone here ever thinks that, but other churches. There's a tremendous hunger for the preaching of God's Word. To revive Christians, also fast. And Team Unlimited brought this one up. They're not distracted in church using iPhones, <laughs> texting, or on social media. I just keep smiling to make sure that some of you are angry, but I just keep smiling, you see. <laughs> How dare you say that? I'm fighting for a nation, folks. Do you know when Joshua was after a nation, God said to him seven times, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. You can't mamby-pam me around and think you're going to save a nation or revive a church. You've got to go for the truth. Then there comes a passion for holiness. Do Chronicles 7.14, if my people call by my name, We'll humble ourselves and pray. We're okay with that. We can humble ourselves. We can fast and seek my face. Yeah, we can do that. What about the next bit? And turn from their wicked ways. Then. Everyone say then. Mm. You praying? Great. You want God to hear? Then. So after we turn from our wicked ways, God will forgive our sin and hear from heaven and heal our land. Some people, I've been reading on revival, and they, some people say that a lot of prayer for revival is a waste of time because people are not living in obedience to God. They're not sorting out areas of sin in their lives, and they're praying and praying and praying, God, 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 and God's saying, no, no, no. You know, He said, I'll, I'll hear you and answer you if you obey my commandments. Some people would rather pray for an hour or pray half a night or fast three days than obey God or deal with an area of sin in their lives. It's not going to work, friends. The greatest problem of the world is sin. And we've got to deal with sin in the world, but we've got to deal with it, I think, first in the church. 
he will realize that sex outside of biblical marriage is sin. It's wrong. <laughs> and it needs to be put right. The place evangelism takes greater importance. So I finish with this. What is one or two steps you could take to be more revived? Journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. One step. So what would that one step be for you? You might say, I'm already on fire. I've already got the revival. Well, just get a little bit more fire. What, what's one thing you could do? Just think as I'm praying, as I'm praying, speaking, just think across Canada. What's one thing? What would it be? Would it be get to church on time? I don't know. It's amazing how one step can change your life. Because God just, once we start to move, the Holy Spirit comes in behind us. You know? But if we don't move, nothing changes. One step. Maybe you're going to get to church on time. But if you already do that, maybe you're going to start coming to a prayer meeting. Another thing about revived Christians is they all serve in church. That's what Team Unlimited told me. Wouldn't have to beg people for conference. It would be full anyway. A revived church, everyone serves. So maybe for you to be revived, more revived, you need to start serving in some area of the church. So what is the one thing you could do? Maybe there's an area in which you need to obey God or an area of sin that you need to deal with. As the musicians come, revival always begins with a few people burdened over the state of the church and the nation. Just a few people burdened with this. And then they begin to intercede. Our greatest need, I believe, is for Church Unlimited now to be revived and set on fire. Then for that to help the Church of New Zealand to be revived. Because a revived church can bring revival to our nation. And turn New Zealand to Jesus. I declare New Zealand will turn to Jesus. The church will be revived. And New Zealand will become the great land of the Holy Spirit as the waters cover the sea. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.